Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is it. Time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Push him down. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that. On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night podcast from TalkSport. I'm Adam Catterall. Pleasure as always to be in your company. Bit of housekeeping before we get stuck into all the stellar guests that we had on the show at the weekend. Please subscribe to this podcast. You can do it via iTunes. You can do it via the TalkSport website. If you need Android feeds, it's all there for you. We will consistently bring you top quality content from the world of fight sports. So if you subscribe, you will never miss out on any of the stuff that we make. Now then, back to the show that we had Live on the radio on Saturday evening, a stellar guest list turned up and we started with Sam Maxwell. He's in action next weekend against Akeem Ennis Brown. It's a sensational fight, which is live on TalkSport, so make sure you come and join us for that. And that is where the conversation with Sam Maxwell began. It's been hard work. It's been a good nine months, eight, eight nine months of... Um thinking about fighting Akeem but uh, it's like a, it's a blessing in disguise for me the, f- the first fight fell through I, was, I would have only had four weeks with my new coach Steve because I'd, I'd parted ways with Danny Vaughan and moved to mm-hmm. Steve Maley and I would have only had four weeks with him before the fight so, um, now I've had eight months with him and I've had, and I've had a uh, warm-up fight in there as well so you know it's, it's, it's only going to benefit me I'm going to be honest with you, Sam, right? I was excited about this fight when it was made, okay? And then I'm watching you two going at each other on social media, and then I'm seeing both of you being interviewed, talking about each other. I'll tell you something, there's a little bit of, there's a bit of needle here, pal, isn't there? You know what I mean? I know that he's been sliding into family members' DMs just to, like, get inside your head and what have you, pal. This is really building up to something quite nice, from a fan's point of view, anyway, next weekend. Yeah, definitely. I I really don't like the, don't like the fella. I'm, I'm not. If people know me as well, they're like it's so out of character for me to see me angry or see me like this. But uh, yeah, I just don't. I really don't like him. He, anything he represents, the, the way he carries himself, I just don't like. And uh, you know, I feel like I'm I'm the better boxer. I'm, I I carry the power, and um, I've boxed at a high level, and and I'm just can't wait to show it. But then, um, like you said, yeah, it's added it's added a bit of um, more interest. Like, and I've got so many good comments. Messages. Everyone wants me to win this fight, and it's just a good feeling. Loads of positive energy sent my way, and so mm. I, I couldn't have asked for anything any better for for how that press conference went. To be honest. Mm. Hi, Sam. Um, 
as Gareth here. I'm, I'm, I'm in Tokyo at the moment, so uh, Adam always goes first because he's in the UK. But um, I just wanted to say I watched the press conference um, with you and Akeem. And um, I mean, you did hold yourself very well. Um, he's, he's purely intent, I think, on maybe trying to get under your skin to make you come out and throw yeah. heavy because you're the like you know i think you've got 11 knockouts in 15 he's got one in his 14 both of you are undefeated do you think yeah. he's trying to get you to fight in a certain way and that's why he's trying to get under your skin 100% gareth and it's it's just so blatantly blatant with it like i don't think how i don't know how he thinks it, it like he, he is he trying to like it's not going to work like it's so obvious what he's trying to do but uh, now me and steve have got a great game plan uh, working on my strengths, not fighting this fight. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm going to do. Um, a lot of people don't know that um, you've had a very decorated career and it's lovely to have you on the sh on our show uh, with Adam and I for the first time. Bronze at the Commonwealth Games, of course, back in yeah. 2014. But yeah, I was fascinated. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I was, I, well, no, because you have pedigree and I want people to know that on the show tonight. And and you when you were in the World Series of Boxing um, back in I think probably five six years ago probably six years ago you boxed yeah. Vasil Lomachenko twice. Can you yeah. tell us about that? Yeah, boxing twice in twice in about four or five weeks. Yeah, once in Kiev and once in London. And uh, yeah, just got the first time got thrown on me. To be honest, uh, I went over expected to fight someone. Uh, Rudenko, the lad was called. We watched some videos on him, and I, uh, he's going to be a comfortable win. I was looking forward to it. When I got to the press conference and the weigh in, uh, Lomachenko was there, and I just remember thinking, there's no way they would set me off and fight him. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not, literally just got on the international squad and, uh, and fighting one of the best on the planet. And uh, yeah, then they that was it. Came over and said, no, it was hard. It was tough. It was tough. Like, he seemed to know what I was going to do before I, before I even before I knew what I was going to do. But um, I learned so oh. much, and then I boxed him again two weeks later. I did a little bit better. But uh, yeah, it was it was a, it was a hard hard task for me, but something I learned from definitely. Sam, the fight next weekend, obviously for uh, the British and the the Commonwealth super lightweight belts, mate. I mean, there's men, anybody that listens to any of my stuff knows full well what I think about certain belts in this world. But there's nothing yeah. more special than that Lonsdale and Commonwealth proper titles on the line next week. What does it mean for you to be fighting for titles like that next weekend? Everything. This is what I grew up watching. These kind of fights, these British title fights, 50-50 fights on telly, and I'm going to be hard. And I'm, I, I'm looking to state my name in history. Like you said, this is the, it's the best belt, and um, you know something I've dreamed about since, since I was 11 years old, going in the gym. And um, people from John Watson, who, who lives not far from me, he's, he's my role model in my amateur club in Highside, yeah. and he boxed for the British title twice and just came up short, lost a crawler and uh, then Gavin, Re uh, Gavin Reese as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, just, I hope, hope to go one further than him. Um, my role model, which is which is inspir inspirational. There's um there's some tasty names domestically, obviously now yeah. that at a world level in your in your weight division, mate. Do you feel mm -hmm. next weekend is an opportunity because of the magnitude of the fight, the television channel that it's on, and obviously being on Talksport as well? Do you think it's an opportunity for you to really announce yourself at Super Lightweight next weekend? Definitely, you know, I'm going to put my name in the hat with all them big names if I get a great performance on the, the weekend, which I'm, which I'm looking forward to doing. So um, definitely, I feel like it's going to open so many possibilities and put me right up there with some big fights. There you go. Once again, that fight, Sam Maxwell, Akeem Ennis-Brown is live on TalkSport this Saturday night. Make sure you come and join us for it. Now, the guests kept on rolling in on Saturday evening and the most entertaining of the lot, no disrespect to anybody else, was Alan the Savage Babbage. 
His story is absolutely compelling, but we didn't speak to the savage at the start of this conversation. We spoke to Mr. Lover Lover, is why. We'll start with the soft stuff first, and then we'll get into <laughs> savage mode. We'll get into savage mode, yeah, my man. <laughs> because I tell you, I tell you something. You've you've done us all, my friend. You know what I mean. Every single man that he's married or uh, experiencing uh, with a girlfriend, and maybe thinking about proposing and what have you, it's always that big thing. How did you propose? How did you propose? Listen, man, you you have done everybody. You've done it straight after a fight, first of all. There's nothing more savage than that, straight after a fight. And then you've gone down on one knee in front of the world and proposed to your uh, to, to your good lady. Sensational oh. scenes. But I'm still I'm still under, under, no, I'm still feeling it, you know, and she's still feeling it. it. Just, it was so big, you know, it was so big for me. And I always wanted it to be big. And I was like, what can be bigger than that, you know, after that kind of war? Just go on one knee, and so it was really, it was really good for me too. You know, I love it. I still love it. How how can you even get into the mindset to propose to the lady that you love after just going to war with uh, Mark Bennett and, and giving everybody the mo- one of the most entertaining fights of fight camp? Well, that's that's who I am. You know, I'm, I'm a giver. You know, I always wanted to give. <laughs> you know? I just give people what they want. You know, give my lady what they want. I give Bennett what he asks for, you know, and I give my lady what she wants. That's it. You know? <laughs> Alan, it's great to have you on the show. Um, you and I have spoken a few times uh, off air. You know I have great respect for you. You are a fantastic performer and, and, and a very thrilling fighter. I've got to say, first of all, I want to point everyone to go to your Twitter, Alan Babich 11, A-L-E-N-B-A-B-I-C 11. There is a fantastic photo of you and and your lady, I'm not sure of her name, you'll tell us in a moment, but um, on August the 15th, and you look like a baddie in a Bond movie in that photo, and she looks like a Russian spy. So tell us how you both met, and what her name is, and how it's all come about. Yeah, we actually met on a secret mission. (laughs) 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 I met her when, she was actually 17, you know, and I said that on air, so everybody's giving me fuss about it. And I was a bouncer, so she, she shouldn't be in that club, you know. <laughs> it was a weird story. <laughs> but if you, Did it was you... just uh, it was a summer romance. You know? Oh, it's amazing. It was um, a summer and... romance. We, we just grew into something bigger the next day, you know. I felt it, you know, because I, I've been working... 10 years as a bouncer in the old, in the summers in the Croatia, you know? Yeah. And then when she came, it was just another, you know, summer romance, but it turned out to be much bigger on the second day. I felt it, you know, I said, you're going to be, going to be with me for uh, as long as you turn 18 and then for the rest of your life. <laughs> would you, would you take a role as a baddie in a Bond movie? Of course, bro. I would, I would do anything. People want me to. Like I said, I am a giver. I really like to do everything what what they want. You know, whatever they want to do, I'll do it. (laughs) Alan, before we before we talk about perspective future opponents, and I know that you're not backwards in coming forwards in mentioning those names, so we'll get into them. We'll go full savage in a minute. I just want to talk about your relationship with Dillian White, if I can, my man, because I think it's quite a a beautiful thing there, where uh, a guy that is doing well himself has showed a little bit of a belief in you, in you, 
give you uh, a bit of an opportunity. Talk to me about that and what that means for you, because I know that you've got an MMA background as well, and you, you've always been in sports. I know you mentioned bouncing there in, 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 in Croatia, but you've always been involved in it in some way, shape or form. And it's Dillian that has enabled and helped you get that break. And now look, look what we're getting to see on a week-by-week basis. Yeah, well, it was actually a, a movie story, you know, because I was I was doing it all. I was doing MMA, boxing. I had like 20 fights a year, you know, 20 amateur fights. And I was working full time with that. And I did that for eight, eight years, you know, eight long years. I had like nearly 100 fights. And in in every single of my fights, I went full on and nobody really recognized me, you know. And I was just about to quit boxing, actually, you know. And my coach said, uh, this this guy really uncalls if you want to say let's go you know, let's go for a final showdown you know it's gonna be my way out you know at least I have something to tell because I I was one fight short for the Olympics in Rio yeah and that was really where my my career just kind of tore itself down you know, it was done I was done you know and I went to to the Dillian camp and. It was the first parting, and I said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock Dylan out. You know, I'm gonna go out to the bank. You know, I'm gonna do something, or I'm gonna die trying it." You know, and I just went full on, and we had a beautiful spar. It was a beautiful, it was a pure carnage. We did five rounds, and after the first day, Dylan White told me, "Bro, you're good. I'm gonna manage you." And I was like, "What?" I didn't even have a t-shirt. I had two t-shirts for the seven days. Wow. You know, it was really like that story. I didn't even have, I had nothing. I, I went into the UK, into London. It was in Lodbro with 20 pounds. So you can imagine what can I buy with that. Yeah. I, I, I took all of my money from my bank and I get 20 pounds, bro. I was I was broke. And she said, I'm going to manage you and you're going to have a fight like in seven days. I was like, what? I'm a, I'm a cruiserweight amateur boxer. I'm not even a professional. He was like, oh, fuck, what now? And then he flew me back home for two days to get my license. And I had to drink a lot of water to go over 91 kilos, you know, so I can fight. It was a really, really great but, but story. I'm never going to forget this. I was going to say, for someone, for someone to show that belief, though, in, in you, Alan, must, that, must be un- un- that must be an unbelievable feeling, especially really, where you were I, at in, I, in your life. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still can't, can't I just, I just, I just about to say it. He, he had a fight in like one week, <laughs> and he showed so much interest in me. Like every day, he was calling his guy, "Yo, yo, Alan got a fight," and they were like, "No, he can't because he's an amateur, you know, like chill." And he's like, "No, I don't care. He's gonna fight at my show." And I was like, Dylan, you, you, you must chill. You know, if if they want don't want me to fight, I'm gonna fight n- next month. He said, No, you wanna fight this month, right? And then wow. I learned I learned a lot from Dylan that days. You know, I just watched him. I soaked up everything. I was just like a sponge. You know, I was ready to be take, but bro, you, you don't need to do this. Well, how can I repay that? I'm gonna. He's gonna be my brother for the rest of my life, just for that. You know? Just, just before Gareth asks you another question, just, just um, for people listening, I know there's a little bit of uh, language uh, that people that you, 
no, no, listen, so, listen, it's a fight sports show, but I just want to make the apology to people if they if they are listening. And, and I'm so wrong. sorry. Goodbye. I forgot we're on radio. <laughs> yeah, we're live on the radio. You're, we're you're, live. Yeah, there's no need to be a bad man right now, Alan. There's really <laughs> no so need sorry. for it right at this time. Of night. My dear UK fans, I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, it's a, it's um, a beautiful story, though. Go on, Gareth. After you, mate. It is. Well, well, you know, look, um, I, I have massive respect for Alan. I loved watching his um, sparring session recently with Joe Joyce as well. Looked like they just Babich was being the savage. Joe Joyce was being the juggernaut. What I'm fascinated about, I mean, I was, I think, where was I? I was in the studio um, when you were fighting Mark Bennett. And it was an extraordinary fight back and forth. And, you know, I mean, you had the the upper hand most of the time. One of the things that I've got to ask you seriously and technically, um, would you, I know that the heavyweight division is the blue ribbon division and you've Mm. got eight stoppages in eight fights. Timing is everything in sport as it is in life, Alan. And you've come along at the right time you met the right people. You're under the um, under the umbrella of uh, of Eddie Hearn and DAZN. Do you just want to fight? Do you want to get to? Are you just doing money weight, as Derek Chisora would call it? Or because you're not the biggest heavyweight in the world, would you ever consider going to Bridger weight, that new weight they've created? Yeah, well, it's 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 simple. I I don't fight for money because I still have nothing. I have no money. You know, I fight every fight. I fight I'm hungry. You know, and I like that. I love that still. That's why I said, you don't pay me well, but that's good. It's going good for my career. You know, so I'm not doing it for that. I, of course, I want to live out, but I don't want to like make millions and stuff. But uh, when you ask for the different weights, I'm a three-weight fighter. I'm bridgeweight, cruiserweight, and heavyweight. That's how I see yeah. myself. I adore the heavyweight division. So I just beat Ben, who is 35 kilos heavier than me, you know, and he had no chance, zero chance in that fight. So I can really do three weights, and I can do something new. You know, I can do something the old guys did. You know, the all of the old guys, they all fought everywhere. I wonder if yeah. it was a cruiserweight and a bridgeweight and a heavyweight, you know. So I, those are my kind of guys, you know. I, I look I look up to those guys. Roberto Duran was fighting in what, like six categories, eight categories. I don't even know. He fought in heavyweight at the end. So I really, I have no... Uh, uh, I I don't look at it as a weight, you know. I just look at it. I'm but there's fighter, no limit you know? in that sense because you're the three weight savage, aren't you? And so there's no limit to what you can do. Just we had a debate about this earlier on, Alan. How do you feel then when you see? And I know you just mentioned money isn't that important, but how do you feel? Because Adam and I were discussing this earlier in the show when you see YouTubers coming in and having massive um, earnings from like their first or second or third fight in the sport that you have, like you said, you've had literally hundreds of fights. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm going to curse again, you know, so just say say sorry to your viewers, but I don't like it. You know, I just, I love, I love what they are doing because they are attracting a lot of attention to boxing. But just don't call it boxing. I would just like them to call it you box or something like that. You, 
YouTube yeah. thing, you yeah. know. Yeah. Just don't call it boxing because Muhammad Ali was in that sport. That is what is it's, it's just injuring me, you know. It's just I, I don't like it. It's, it's hurting me, bro. Under Holyfield mm. was with that. So you can't call Jake Paul Walter Holyfield, bro. What a, you know? And he's even making more money than Holyfield was. So it's just crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not one to comment on that because I don't have near that kind of money. And I don't even, uh, you know, I can't even comprehend what that money is. But I just don't like it being mentioned in the same sport as Muhammad Ali was. And as myself, is. I'm going to die for that sport. You know? And now you got these guys who are not even a boxers. They're not boxers. There's somebody should tell them, don't do that. You know, they're not boxers. Don't tell your boxers, because they all think they're boxers now. That is what 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 you what is important to me. You know? Don't say that. Mm. I think we're I think we're all on the same page, Alan. The um, listen, just a quick um, on on some names that uh, you've mentioned yourself. Um, yeah. I'm going Philip Ergovic first, my friend. Um, I know that uh, you have a dislike. Beep, beep. <laughs> yes, just 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 watch the F's and the, and the bombs here, my friend. Um, what is the possibility of that, and and where the, where is the where where is this dislike for him come from? Well, it's just it's just listen. I was when I was little, nobody would say it now, but I was really a bully. You know, I was bullied a lot. You know, and I came from the, from from the poverty, from you know everybody looking down on you and stuff. And he's exactly the kind of man. He he's looking down on anybody because he thinks he knows better at the radio podcast than you. He's like that, you know. He's gonna tell you what to do in your show. Don't do that. I, I respect everybody. My mother was a cleaner for like thirty years, and I respect every cleaner in the world because you know how hard they work, you know, and they know better about cleaning than I will ever know. You know, so I just know how to respect people. He doesn't. He doesn't have that respect. He's a very, very self-centered man. He thinks he's the best at everything. And I want to stand against that. You know, I want I want to do something big. I want to fight him in Croatia because nobody really likes him in Croatia because of that. And uh, I just want to show people that the little guys can do the also, you know, because I'm nowhere near his class when you talk about, you know, Olympic uh, medalists and stuff. But I just want to show everybody that that doesn't matter, you know. He did, he has no chance against me, you know. I want to show the streets in the in the in the ring because nobody in the ring is gonna um, hold me, you know. It, it's done, bro. It's a street fight for me. That's a pure street fight for me. And for that, so will Dazone put that on, Alan? Will Dazone put that on? Do you think over there? Of course it would. I said to Eddie Hearn, I tell, I'll tell you again, I have, I ask nothing for that fight. I want to fight for zero money. Just bring Mesham to split Olio Zagreb, uh, Maximir or Pula. Just bring Mesham here and that is my price, you know. You don't have to pay me. You say nobody wants to fight him. I want to fight him for free. And I'm number five Bridgeret in the world. I'm top 30 heavyweight, so I have something to say about that. You know? And I want to fight him. It's going to be a huge fight. It's going to be a huge fight. And and it is going to happen. Uh, so he can back down for me, but he's going to be known as a coward for the rest of his life. You know. I saw you talking about Dave Allen as well. Is that a potential next fight, do you think? Yeah, I love Dave. You know, I was a huge fan of Dave Allen. I was a huge fan because he was doing something similar to me, you know, he's a very similar character. So I see a lot of things that are the same between me and him, you know, and he also comes from nothing and works his way up, you know, and he gives you a good, good thrilling fights and 
I love that matchup. You know, I just love that. I don't know how how he is with boxing because he, he he's retired now. You know, so I don't know where his mind is. If he's not there 100, percent it could be very dangerous. You know, it's dangerous to go in with a savage. Yeah. So if he is at 100, percent I want that fight. That would be. You know, that that's really for the little people, you know? not for the boxing historians or boxing, you know, writers. No, for the, for everyday people. Everybody can watch this fight. And we can do that. They can say we can do that if we had the book, but people, you know. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One of the performances of last weekend and the final installment from Fight Camp and Eddie Hearn's back garden was from Joe Cordina. He gave us a highlight real knockout and he joined us on the show at the weekend to discuss it. Going back to March where I had six blocks, 16 months out of the ring and came back for my first fight back um, after my hand injury. So yeah. I had that, that fight. Don't get me wrong, I didn't get out of second gear, but I got the win, but it was still, there was people criticising the performance and whatever else, even though I got the win and came out and pretty much unscathed. But, um, yeah, obviously I know what I'm capable of, and um, there's a lot of people in boxing that know the ins and outs of box, boxing, know what I'm capable of. But, um, yeah, we just, everything we did in, 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 in training camp and leading up to the fights, just came off to a tee um, on flight night and um, it, I can't say we were looking to stop him but we we were looking to um, put on a great performance and yeah. I think I'd done that but it went a little bit earlier than I expected 
Well, I'm, I'm sure you picked him for rounds, didn't you, Hernandez? Because he's, I always do this. When, when a, a certain fighter that maybe British fight fans aren't too familiar with, you kind of look at their resume and you're, and you're looking at who they've been in with that you're probably looking at maybe in the future to be fighting. I do this a lot, maybe with Conor Ben a lot, with what yeah. obviously Virgil Ortiz and, and mutual opponents. And I looked at this guy and I thought, well, he's, he's done all right with Colbert there. He's, he's going to come over here and he's going to give you some rounds. He's, he's at least going to fire back. To put a performance like that in, against him kind of just gauges where you're at in comparison to other guys that the Americans are talking about, like Colbert, for example. Yeah, listen, I'm, I, like I said, I know where I'm at. Technically, I'm up there. There's, you look at the top uh, fighters in the division, um, uh, Shakur Stevenson, yeah. Oscar Valdez, Jamal Herring, um, who else? That Roger Gutierrez, he's a world champion, but he's come up the hard way, didn't have too much of an amateur experience. Um, and like you mentioned, Chris Colbert, don't get me wrong, interim world champion. But them other three guys that I mentioned, they've all been to Olympic Games. Yeah. They're all, I've done exactly what they've done. And some of them I've achieved in the amateurs more than what they've achieved. So when when people are comparing um, them to uh, British fighters, it's, it's only because they're getting put out there by the bigger promotions, um, I can't even say bigger promotions because Eddie's no, probably yeah. the biggest promoter in the world at this present moment. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, in um, you know how in America the the boxing fans they they're proper out there and they they big yeah. up their, their fighters <laughs> a lot more than what uh, the British um, fans do. Don't get me wrong, the, the British fans turn out and make a making a um, make a show like an event, and it, it, it is like I said, it's a it's a massive event when when. Uh, um, like the likes of Eddie puts on a show, so yeah, it's great. But at the same time, um, American American um, fans do big up their fighters a lot more. So I think they're getting a little bit more recognition on what we're getting. But like I said, um, technically, I'm there. It's just about building on performances and getting a little bit more experience um, in the ring. Like I, I said in the interview last week, I've had 12 fights at this point. Obviously, that was my 13th fight on the weekend, mm-hmm. but 12. Uh, fights leading up to that and I've breezed past the uh, British domestic level and haven't really come up with any cuts no bruises and I've been in 10 round, ten and 12 round fights from my fifth fight onwards yeah. so I, you I, I, you couldn't tell me another fighter um, that have done that and come out no bruises no cuts not been in a, a tough 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 fight um, and breezed past the domestic level You I, and I Apart from uh, Anthony Joshua, that is probably just knocking everyone out yeah. in the first round. But there's there's not many not many fighters you can say who've done that. And I just think through my, my not my last performance, the one before in March, a lot of people were sort of not taking into account that I had 16 months out of the ring and yeah. had a um, a major handoff and didn't really take it into into consideration. And then, like I said, I've I went through that fight in second gear, got the win. And I'm still getting criticised, but I'm, I know where I'm at, and I know I'm capable of beating any of the top fighters, and I will prove it. And I just need to have my chance. Obviously, I got to keep maybe one or two more fights, and I'm I'm there. Highlight reel knockouts do help, though, don't they? Do you know, I mean, that was a sensational shot. It, it has that what you've just been speaking about there? That experience, those rounds, breeze. You know, sh- showing off your boxing skills. Are you now at a stage where there's a little bit more confidence in being able to sit down on those shots, knowing full well that you can take what's coming back and deliver those particular moments that capture the eye of the fan? Yeah, of course. Listen, when I boxed uh, my first sort of 
tough, tough fight. It was meant to be tough. was against um, Masha Dodd. Now, he's a yep. bogeyman for anyone. Yeah. Um, you've seen him in some tough, tough fights, and he's beat some very good boys. Um, now, let's say him again. I didn't get out of second gear. Now, it was time for a step up against Andy Tonin. Same way. I got him out of there. But them fights, I had a damaged right hand. Mm-hmm. So, leading up to all, all them fights, them ones I was meant to test me, I pretty much boxed with one hand. I couldn't really let my right hand go. Only, only my last fight, this fight on the weekend, I let my right hand go. So, yeah, it's okay doing it f- uh, with journeymen and, um, and and fighters that haven't got the experience that I've got. And yeah, okay, they're getting stopped uh, by the referee, but they they they're in there to sort of survive. They're not there to throw back. And when people are coming to fight and throw back, that's when I'm going to exploit them, and that's when I'm going to catch them. But yeah. them. Them fights I uh, explained from Masha Dodd on, onwards, mm-hmm. I was fighting with a damaged right hand. So now I, I got full confidence in it. Now I'll start letting it go. And I think me working with my strength and conditioning coach and Tony, I'm um, uh, practicing sitting on my shots. And um, I've been hurting a lot of people in sparring lately. And I'm just going to take that into the ring um, onto fight night and hopefully keep getting the, the knockouts and keep uh, repeating what I've done on Saturday. Well, I doubt you even needed a shower last week, mate. So, um, regularity. When, when, when can we expect to see you next in the ring? Well, um, talking about a shower, I think, <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't really need a shower. The only thing was, is when I was coming back, Tony Bellew would come and see me. Um, and he was like, Joe, you've got all Vaseline on your eyes. But, yeah, I didn't really break a sweat. But it's... Um, I think that's all I needed was just to wipe the vas off my eyes. That's it. Shirt but, on um, and get out, mate. Get, that, get yeah, down to the restaurant. Get something to eat. Of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're looking at um, November, maybe October, but more likely um, November. Tony did uh, ring me earlier and we, he mentioned the date. So um, The good thing I, is, I, with, with who you're with, the amount of shows that, that, that are now available, both UK and stateside as well, Joe, are, are really opening up for you, you know? And with, with, like you said, performances last weekend capture the imagination, not just of the British fans, but of the American fans. And there's opportunities to go all over the world now with this on a regular basis and get that momentum going before we move into that world title shot. Yeah, of course. Well, um, my last fight was due to be held on the 28th of August yeah. over in LA. So... Obviously, that didn't happen for whatever reason. I'm not sure it got brought forward um, forward a couple of weeks. But can you imagine if that show was over there and I got the knockout Absolutely. over there? Absolutely. I would have been, I would have been talked, um, talked about all around the world. So, yeah, okay, there's going to be a lot of people over in America that will be talking about it. But at the same time, not as much as if I got that knockout over there. But all i got to do is keep building on performances, keep working in the gym hard with Tony, and... Um, and my SNC coach Dan Lawrence and um, everyone else are part of the team, and um, yeah, we just keep building on performances and getting them wins and getting them knockouts. Now, the most important question, Matt, um, in your post-fight interview last week, obviously you were excited about getting home uh, to the new addition to the Cordina family. Has, uh, yeah. has the little one been running you ragged this week, Matt? They've been keeping you on your toes. Uh, yeah, well, obviously between my my newborn and my two girls, um, yeah, they drive me up the wall. I'll be honest with you. I've um, I got home. Obviously, the the newborn is they. Well, I, the, for what I can remember of my first two, all they did was sleep, eat. Yeah, something out the other end. Something yeah, out the other yeah, end as well. Yeah, yeah. All that, yeah. <laughs> that was it. And then, but this one, he's. I don't know what's the matter with him. I think he's gonna be. Um, he's gonna be Anto. 
So, um, but yeah, he's had me up all last night. Um, I, I think I've had about two, three hours sleep and I'm just sat on the sofa and my eyes were going. So I thought, let me get to bed, get some, get some shut eye before he, he uh, wakes up for the next week. Always makes me laugh when I speak to fighters when they've got newborns in the family and they're still active because every single fighter tells me the exact same story. You go away for camp, you're dedicated yourself for 10 to 12 weeks. The minute yeah. that that fight's over, the missus, as soon as you walk through the front door, the missus is like going, yeah. these, ki- these kids are yours, I'm off, mate. See you in a bit. Ta-da. Bye. Yeah. Well, I've I've done this, obviously, twice beforehand as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, my missus, don't get me wrong, when I'm in camp and uh, I come back for the weekend, she knows I need to rest. But, soon as I fight time, <laughs> mate, she's on me. But to be honest, this uh, I think this one's a bit different. She's um she's she she hasn't been on me as much. She's sort of taking over I think she wants him to be a mummy's boy. You don't yeah. I don't think she wants uh wants him to get uh, too close to me and uh pushing her aside. So yeah, she's um she haven't palmed him off on me. Also last weekend saw the professional debut of Muhammad Ali's grandson, Nico Ali Walsh, got off to a winning start. And he very kindly joined myself and Gareth on the show at the weekend to talk about it. Man, it, it was it was a dream come true. I mean, people don't see all the work put in, you know, behind the scenes. And uh, it, it it just really is amazing. It's, it's a blessing uh, having the results the way I, I did uh, last week. You ju- you just mentioned there. People don't see the things that go on behind the scenes. Um, obviously, we we are fans and we we enjoy fight night and we see the glitz and the glamour of the uh, of what have you. Uh, but this is the, you've spent a long time preparing for this. It's not one of those situations where you've all of a sudden said, "Right, go on then. I'm going to go and get involved in the pro game." You have spent time. You've sure. t- you've you, you put in a lot of due diligence behind the scenes, getting yourself ready for the moment of, of the weekend. Just talk a lot of fans through that process because like you say it's not just something that you've just decided to do this has been coming a long time yeah no it's it's been something that i've been into you know for a majority of my life i've just taken it you know pretty seriously within the last six or seven years but yeah i mean it's it last night was just a culmination of my whole life's work in boxing and not just in boxing but all the chats me and my grandfather have had about boxing it was just such a such a ride um last saturday and it's really honestly just the start of what i think will be a really beautiful journey in in boxing and in life in general what what i like about what you're doing nico is that you're making this your own journey and your and your own story uh of course there's connections because of 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 who your grandfather was the great muhammad ali and with that you kind of have had to deal with things that other young fighters won't necessarily have had to deal with. From the moment you step through the ropes, my man, as an amateur, there's always a target going to be on your back because of the name that you carry. Talk to me about the pressures of that and and, and dealing with the pressures of that. Yeah, you know, um, you know, there's there's pros and cons as there is to anything in life, to having a name uh, like like the way I do, and. You know, it's a blessing and a curse at times. Obviously, it's a blessing because I've been given opportunities that, you know, uh, average fighters wouldn't be given. But with those opportunities comes the extreme pressure that is put on on my back um, that no other fighter has to deal with. And, you know, I just I'm I'm blessed to have all these opportunities and I I take the the pros as they come. And then I, uh, I have to take the cons as well. 
Um, good evening, Nico. It's Gareth here. I'm, I'm in Tokyo. Adam's in, in Manchester at the moment. But I, I, it was fascinating to see your, your debut last week. And, you know, as we were just hearing your walk in there and the announcer, the MC saying the legend lives on, you would have been right. probably a 15-year-old teenager when grandfather passed away. Can you tell us some of the memories you have of being around him in your life? Well, yeah, what some people really don't um, understand, something that people don't know is that, um, unfortunately, I was born and he was the only grandfather I had. Uh, my dad's side had no uh, grandfathers that were living. So because he was my only grandfather, we spent so much time together and and. I'm so blessed and, and happy that we spent all those, all those moments together. And so, yeah, it was obviously very hard on the family. It was extremely hard on me because um, I'm just, I'm a family man. I, I love my family. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, 2016 when he passed away was really hard. I never knew it would turn out the way it did, you know, with me turning into a pro boxer and, you know, continuing the legacy it's something that's so important to me, but when I say it's important to me, I'm not just talking in the boxing sense of, you know, continuing the legacy of what I believe to be the greatest fighter of all time. I'm talking about continuing the legacy of what many may consider to be one of the greatest humans of all time. Yeah, that beautiful words. The, the, the thing is about Muhammad Ali, and I, I had the privilege myself of being around him about three times, I think it was, I, not not during his career because I'm too young to have, have, have covered his his career. But talk to us about, and I felt it myself, and so many millions of people felt it, if not hundreds of thousands who met him, all said the same thing. He had this aura, this touch, even way after his career was over, even when he was suffering from Parkinson's disease. If I use the word suffering judiciously there, that he still had this yeah. amazing aura. Talk to us about how inspirational he was to you as a young man. Yeah, you know what? It's so funny that you say that. It's because a, a lot of people who talk about him mention this aura. And, you know, my aura of him is a lot different than what what your aura would be or what anybody else's aura would be. Mm. But honestly, most kids grew up with Batman and Superman as their uh, idols you know, people, superheroes that they look up to. I grew up uh, not looking up to Batman and Superman, but looking up to my grandfather because wow. um, in my eyes, he beat Superman. He fought Superman. Wow. You know, I would, I went, I've seen those comics. So he was a superhero and, and that was the aura that I got from him. Uh, and just, I had so much respect for him just being my elder and being my grandfather. So the aura I got, every time I was with him was a very loving and family centered aura. Um, a lot different than what, what, you know, a normal fan's aura may be, but without a doubt, he did have a special aura around him. Nico, I'm, I'm all for uh, the razzmatazz of this uh, sport. My friend talk to me about uh, the shorts and the robe and the decision that you made there, obviously, to carry on that, that lineage and, 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 and how you came to the decision of, of those particular ones, my man, it was just so iconic to see you walk out in those last week. Yeah, well, you know, if, if my grandfather wasn't wearing... My grandfather was known for wearing white with black trim. That was kind of his signature style. 
And I've, I've always loved that style just because it wasn't hit just his style. It was Sugar Ray Robinson's style. Mm-hmm. And it was so many, uh, so many great boxers of that time period wore those trunks. So I absolutely love that style. And that's the way my trainer, Sugar Hill, feels too. We're, we're very uh, centered around – we're very old-fashioned. And, uh, you know, wearing his trunks in particular the night of the fight wasn't something that I had planned to do. I had um, custom Nico trunks that were supposed to have been made on time, and I brought my grandfather's trunks to Oklahoma from Las Vegas just in case they my trunks weren't ready. Wow. And it turned out oh. that the day before the fight, my trunks, my Nico trunks were not ready. So wow. I said, uh-oh, I'm, I'm going to have to wear my grandfather's trunks. It was the world telling me that, hey, this is something you can't run away from. This is something you got to do. Uh, uh, listen, absolutely, my man. And how, how? I mean, Gareth will have an opinion on this as well, but I want your opinion on this. Everybody knows that, obviously, Bob Arum uh, was a man that was involved in the promotion of your grandfather. Now he's involved in the promotion of yourself. Just the way that that story has come full circle in, in itself is just is, is fascinating right. to the majority of, of fight fans. Right. Yeah, no, it's, it's very interesting. The, the reason my story, I find my story to be so interesting is because, is because it, people say history repeats itself. And it's easier to say than to see it. But you see it here. And that's exactly what is happening here. History is literally repeating itself with me going into boxing and being with Bob Arum. And, you know, it, it really is an amazing story. Um, and I am biased because it is about me and my grandfather. But <laughs> if, I, if I was just an average fan, not even just a boxing, but of my grandfather, I would, I would love this story. Yeah. You know, I would, I would eat it up because it's just, I think it's so beautiful uh, that my grandfather had such a big impact on the world and the fact that I had an opportunity to carry on that impact in any form is pretty amazing. So I don't take this, uh, this pressure or this, this carrying of the torch lightly. Nico, I say this with, with all due respect. Um, obviously your, um, your mom is Rashida. Um, uh, your grandfather's uh, daughter. Um, there's obviously massive debate around the world that, that Muhammad Ali, previously Cassius Clay, took too many punches and went on too long and uh-huh. it didn't aid his his Parkinson's later on and that he was affected by so many blows in boxing. Did mum have any concerns about you going into boxing because of the inherent dangers of the sport, and do you ever consider that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my mom is a big wig when it in, in terms of talking about Parkinson's disease. She's a Parkinson's disease advocate, and she speaks on on uh, on the disease and you know how how it works and how it affects the brain. So she knows a lot about it. That was obviously a a big worry for her when I first started boxing because Parkinson's is known to be genetic. But, you know, a lot of people do say that boxing may have caused my grandfather's Parkinson's. But every time we approach or someone would approach my grandfather with that theory, he would say, well, name me another boxer that has Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. And, you know, nobody's Mm -hmm. ever been able to do that. I 
I certainly don't think part or I don't think boxing helped Parkinson's, but unfortunately there's other people in my family who have Parkinson's who have never boxed before. So, you know, boxing is just a, uh, could, could have been a trigger. We don't know, but either way, this is something I'm so passionate about and something I love to do so much. So it would be, it it would be a, a big loss if I decided not to do it just out of fear. I wish you all the best with it, Nico, anyway. No, absolutely. Nico, the Thank first one's, first one's out of the way now. The victory's done. You know what I mean? The, 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 there's a yeah. little bit of relief there. Come on, man. When we seeing you next? Absolutely. I'm sure that Mr. I'm sure that Mr. Aram's already been on to you. So come on, when, when, when's the next one? You know, the first thing Bob Aram said to me in the ring was, next stop, Atlanta. And, you know, my mind was just racing after the fight. So I, I knew immediately that he meant, okay, well, I've, my next fight's in Atlanta. I know that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for that already. The first maybe we can find you a Foreman or a Frazier grandson to fight as well, Nico. <laughs> what, what was that? We could find you a Frazier or a Foreman grandson to fight at some point. That would be pretty big. That would be amazing. But you know what? It would be nothing like my grandfather and 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 Foreman or Frazier fighting with the trash <laughs> talk because I love that family, both those families, so much. I have so much ad- admiration for uh, Joe Frazier uh, and George Foreman that it wouldn't be much trash talk. It would just be, you know, love and respect. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Nico, we are, we are actually in the States for uh, the Heavyweight Championship of the World on October the 9th. Maybe we can have a word with Mr. Aram there because it'd be wonderful to have you on that undercard there between Wilder and Fury. That'd be something else. Yeah, you know, um, Man, I, I'm a Fury fan, you know, I've been a Fury fan for years. The fact that I'm training, you know, with Sugar Hill now, who's also training Fury, is pretty amazing to me. And uh, I'm just excited that for this camp, I get to watch Fury in his natural state with him and Sugar. I get to, I get to watch them work together. And yeah, man, it's, it's going to be what, what, what a journey. Uh, So there you have it. Hopefully you enjoyed the guests and we'll have more stellar guests lined up for you in Birmingham this week. That's where the show's coming to you live on TalkSport this Saturday night as we bring you some live action. Some fantastic fights, including Anthony Kikachi against Leon Woodstock. And uh, we've got Akeem Ennis-Brown against Sam Maxwell, as I mentioned earlier on in the podcast. Anthony Yard's also on that show, as is Nathan Heaney. That show's live from Birmingham. There'll be loads of guests on the show for a little bit of a chinwag. So come and join us live. If you can't, don't worry, because we'll have a podcast available for you again next week. Make sure you subscribe via iTunes or via the TalkSport website. We'll catch you next time. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 